situation. All right. None of that was what I meant to start the show with, but welcome to an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Um, this episode is going to be a lot of fun because we were talking in pre-production. And like, it, It's on a movie that like a lot of the world, I'm pretty sure, thinks is like the worst thing ever. Um, but I personally am on the fence about it. I could go either way. I could go either way. So without further ado, this week's Geeks Against the Grain will be Suicide Squad. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let me introduce our panelists, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Oh, I am doing so well. Juwan, James Gunn was rehired to Marvel, and American Gods was just renewed for a third season. So it's a pretty good day for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, both of those great things. I mean, American Gods being renewed when it's only been like one episode of season two, it just tells you how great season two probably is. Um, but, um, Mike, what's going on, Mike? I can't wait to show you my toys, especially when that line isn't even in the movie. It's just in the trailer. <laughs> really good point. Really good point. And I just realized that right thing, after I decided to use it. Very funny thing is, Suicide Squad did the same thing in the trailer that Punisher did that I hated. That trailer, I don't know if you guys remember that, those first two trailers made you think 100% Joker was the main villain. Just like in that Punisher trailer for for season two, it made you think that the two villains are going to team up, but they never did. Like, it was just so misleading, but it did it to draw you in. Then once it had you, you're just like, ah, well, you already paid, so whatever, you know, here it is. Um, but without further ado, let's get right into it. Tia, this is your movie, so I'm going to start with you. I want you to tell us one of the reasons why you enjoyed Suicide Squad. All right, so I'm going to be super controversial here and say that probably Suicide Squad is one of my favorite movies in the DCEU, and I'm going to put it really high up there uh, just for the fact that I enjoyed it so freaking much. But, all right, I keep going back to Suicide Squad because when I first saw it in theaters, I was like, I love this. And then you hear everyone talking so much shit. So I keep, like, going back to see if I could see what everyone was talking about. And I'm sorry. Every time I go back, I'm like, I don't know what everyone is having such a problem with. But from – I lo- okay, so you guys think of it this way, right? You have the Suicide Squad. There are a bunch of, like, bad people who are being brought together against a threat. And because they're disposable, who cares if they die? And just the way, first of all, I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is one of my favorite things about the uh, about the movie. I love the whole like chaoticness and all the uh, cartoonish kind of like aspects of it. The introduction when you first get to the prison and they're kind of explaining who every single one of these characters are because it's not like we saw these characters in previous movies and now they're finally teaming up. It's like, no, we're getting them all in this like one moment. So I like that they had the introductions really quick in all of them. And I just loved how, like, to me, the film was really a character film. Because I loved how all of the actors played their characters. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn obviously is a standout. 
I really enjoyed Will Smith actually as Deadshot. Um, everyone knows I'm a big fan of Joel Kinnaman, so obviously liked him as Rick Flagg. Loved Captain Boomerang, Diablo. Uh, obviously, Viola Davis was absolutely spectacular as Amanda Waller, and I just loved the whole like punkish kind of feel to it. To me, it was fun as hell. Every single time they decided to, like, put a song on while they were going, I love the fact that, like, while they're in that, like, little helicarrier pretty much that it crashes and you're thinking there, like, oh, shit, are they going to, like, kill off everyone in pretty much the first half hour of the freaking movie? To me, I love that shit. And everyone shits kind of on how Jared Leto portrayed the Joker. And I just really didn't mind his Joker. For the movie and how that Harley Quinn was, you know, they're all dirty, it's grungy, you know, they're kind of like, uh, kind of gaudy almost, I guess you want to say. But to me, his Joker made complete sense for that movie. You couldn't put a Heath Ledger Joker in that movie and it makes sense. So I just wanted to get that out of the way really quick. But again, every time I go back and watch this movie, I have a fun time uh, watching it. I don't really see what the huge problem is with it. I think they did a good job telling the stories, putting a little bit more uh, life into these characters. I really particularly enjoyed Will Smith's character in it and how much he cared for his daughter. And even at the end, we saw that, you know, that was still part of the deal that, you know, his daughter got to go to a good college. Oh, that just reminds me. One of my favorite scenes in that freaking movie is when Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller take Deadshot to, like, see uh, how good of an, uh, of you know, how good he actually is with his firearms. And at first he, like, points the gun at that dude and that whole little, like, scuffle. And when he finally finds out that the boat is actually loaded and how he's like, man, y'all guys are crazy. And afterwards, he's, like, telling Rick, like, everything that he wants. And Rick is like, what makes you think that you can even make these demands? And he's like, no, 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 I wasn't talking to you, Aaron Boy. I was talking to your boss. I love that shit. That was such a good scene. I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing about that that's going to make me dislike it. Uh, Harley obviously was another huge standout, but there were just so many little scenes and how they kind of like came together, how in the end when Rick Flagg disabled the shit around their necks and at first uh, Captain Boomerang walks away, but then you see he obviously comes back and his little obsession for the pink stuffed pony, which obviously reminded us a lot of Deadpool and Diablo's uh, whole storyline, how you find out he uh, killed his family in like a fit of rage or something like that and his whole thing. And I will say that I wish they kind of explained a little more why at the end he decided to become this big, huge Aztec type of fire god or something like that. Uh, But still, still I really enjoyed it. And I liked the way it ended as well. Uh, and that's one thing, you know, and I guess we'll talk about it in a little bit, you know, later with the whole James Gunn taking over the next Suicide Squad and how pretty much it's going to be completely not recast so much, but new characters. But I really liked how they ended and what they set up for, and I wish that we would be able to actually see what happens afterwards. But, yeah, 
I enjoyed Suicide Squad. Um, that's just kind of my first feel here, and I'm sure that we'll go a little bit more into it as we keep going. But I, I enjoy Suicide Squad every single time I watch it. It's fun as hell. And yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> you uh, you summed up two hours re- relatively quickly, but um, uh, I- I'll dig. I'll start from the beginning. Um, the character intros I thought were were good, um, except for the fact that they didn't really give like a his a history one of Croc. Um, I thought his of you know he's in the prison cell and like be careful or like he'll eat you. It was just like. All right, so I completely have no interest or, you know, with this character whatsoever. That was boring. Um, Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag to me. Rick Flag is Joel points out uh, all the time. Rick Flag's character, like, in the comics is just bleh. Like, he's just, like, not really needed. Um, so Joel Kinnaman kind of performed to that. Like, I don't think he's a bad actor whatsoever, but I kind of was just like, this is really boring. Like, the, the way you wrote that character really scared me for what you were going to do if Tom Hardy had stayed um, because it just, it seemed poor. It seemed poor. It, it really did. But it does seem like his role would have been larger if Tom Hardy had stayed than what they had given Joel Kinnaman. Um, the introduction to Harley, excuse me, and Joker, the only thing I hated about that was it said in Harley's intro that she had helped Joker kill um, Robin. So my issue was when Batman had found them, am I the only one that just kind of felt like he didn't seem angry enough? Like, it seemed like it was just, like, maybe the Joker and Harley had just robbed the bank, like, rather than killing, like, one of his protégés. It just, it seemed really weird. Like, it didn't seem like he was chasing them because he was, you know, trying to find the people that killed Robin. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, overthinking that, but, like, you put it in her bio for a reason. So it was just like I kind of was hoping something would play into that, like Batman maybe saying when he found her, like, how could you? Just something. Um, Deadshot. I thought it was just really weird, mainly because when Batman had, like, caught up to him, I could be, you know, forgetting it, but I don't recall what Batman was saying, like, he was stopping Deadshot for, because Deadshot wasn't doing anything illegal at the moment. He was walking with his daughter. Um, so there was just, nah, we got Will Smith in, it's good enough. We got Jared Leto and Margot Robbie, it's good enough. We don't really need to fill in information-wise to why this scene is significant, other than just, like, welcome to the cast, guys. Um, some of the dialogue was bad, um, just, like, really, really, really bad. Joke, uh, Rick Flagg introducing the team to Katana was just, like, uh, it was cringy. It was really cringy. Um, See, I thought that was funny as hell. He's like, she, I forget even now what he says, but I was like, really, this is ridiculous. But, like, to me, it was just fucking hilarious. It was it was the delivery of it. It was, she can cut you all up with one single, like, slice. He <laughs> was just like, all right, all right, dude. Like, just say, hey, everyone, this is Katana, and she's, like, really good at killing people. Simple. Move on, sit down, we can move on. It was just like, he drew it out, and it was just like, did you think they'd be impressed? Like, did you... <laughs> They're all killers here. Like, you think, oh, my God, she's, she's really good at killing. I'm going to leave her alone. Like, no, it was that was unnecessary because what you were trying to do with, with that dialogue, you set up when um, Captain Boomerang was trying to, like, escape, and she quickly kind of cut him off from escaping. It was like, oh, 
Like, she's serious. Like, she's, you know, pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I could go on, but I don't want to cover too much. I want to hear what Mike has on your thoughts of, of Suicide Squad. If you want to just start in the beginning or if there's a part you want to jump to, which whatever you want to uh, go to, Mike. Well, as you know, in the last few times we've done this show, uh, I, I usually do like a quick hit and get out. I didn't know we were going to do like a full monologue, so uh, I got to try to keep up with Tia here. So I guess I'll, I'll try to kind of run down the, the, the roster here a little bit. Uh, since you guys were just talking about Rick Flagg, um, I love Joel Kinnaman. I don't know if you saw him in uh, Ultra Carbon or House of Cards. He's terrific. In this, yeah, he's as bland and boring as I've ever seen. He just seems like he doesn't even want to be there. I don't know if it's because he was a last-minute addition or whatever. You disobey me, you die. You try to escape me, you die. It's just like, my God, this guy looks like he's like the person that's holding a cue card off the side of the camera, and he's just reading off of it. So I wish I could I could see what, what he is seeing in, in Rick Flagg there, but uh, I guess I'm with Jawan where I'm just like, man, what if Tom Hardy had been in this, you know? Yeah, I don't know if I you guys mean, wanted to retort I, to that before I, before I went on. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, That's what I thought you were doing. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was uncomfortable. I did see him in Altered uh, Carbon. I think is the name of, of the show. I did enjoy him. Yeah. I, I did. Again, I do think he is a, a talented actor. Um, it just it seems super uncomfortable. Like it seems like a lot of these people, a, a lot of the characters shouldn't have had speaking lines. And I, I, as crazy <laughs> as it sounds, Rick Flag to me, just like, like to, to be completely honest with you, Killer Croc should have said not one word in that entire movie, and I would have been good. Well, like, hardly anybody could say good. anything with Will Smith on set. Jeez. Well, with Will Smith on set, and then, like, the other half of the lines went to Margot, and then, like, 10% went to Viola, and then 5% went to Jared Leto. So it was just like... The rations of it were insane. Um, but okay, still, I'll go to the I rest of now, and, and I'll say that with yeah, uh, with, since you just said five percent to to Leto, that's a problem there. You've got the Joker, the most arguably the most popular villain outside of like Darth Vader in pop culture, and he's in five percent of this movie. That's a big mistake. As far as what he actually did, if you ask Jared Leto, he has no problem telling you that like there's enough to make a whole movie off of what they cut from this movie. So. We'll get into the technicals over there. I didn't have a problem with this Joker. I just didn't feel like we saw enough of it to really to make a judgment. Harley Quinn, obviously, I love Margot Robbie. I think she was about as good of a Harley, a live action Harley Quinn could have got. I'm not a fan of the aesthetic that they used. I don't like the whole street level thug tattoos on people's faces thing. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's me sounding like a dinosaur here. Oh, and the soundtrack sucks, guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God, Mike! I can't. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I will say, Mike, the one song I can remember off the top of my head that I was just completely in love with was the one that Kalani did. I thought that was such a beautiful I, song. I don't know what that is. What language are you speaking right now? Um, Kalani? What is that? The, I'm trying to think of the name of the song, um, but it, it was playing during the the, the flashback of when. Um, Harley took the leap into the acid, which is really weird take, David Air, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but but it they had like that moment. they had all like awesome like classic rock shit. Like, well, you no, know, no, house, in the movie, yes, and... I'm talking about the actual official soundtrack is all a bunch of music that made me feel like I was my grandfather telling people to get off his lawn because I was like, what is this auto tune garbage? But I know that's what you kids are into these days. So. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the songs that <laughs> the were classic rock. Yeah, I love played. it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, like, like if you guys don't know me, I know that I'm like, you know, in my twenties, but I don't like 
current music. I only like it. rock music, really. So that's what I freaking love. About okay, well, see, we're on the same page there. Okay. Uh, okay. I think the best person in this cast is Amanda Waller. Uh, it's a big yeah, fan of, 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 of the character wall. I thought the other day was just perfect. In fact, when they were talking about who was coming back for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad or whatever they're calling it now, um, and Guardians 3, yay! Um, I think that she was the most one that they had to get back. Absolutely under any circumstance, they had to get her back. So when they got her, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Uh, as far as Will Smith, uh, I grew up with Will Smith. Like I told uh, Danny on my podcast the other night, uh, I remember – I'm old enough to remember when Will Smith was a parody rapper, for God's sake. So I've kind of grown up with this dude. I didn't have a problem with it. The problem I have with Will Smith is that he plays Will Smith in every movie. Watch the Aladdin trailer and watch the trailer for this. It's the same guy. It's the same thing, every movie. <laughs> and he's a great actor, but he does he, – he's Tom Cruise. He plays himself in every movie. And I don't know, there's a couple times in this where I'm like, dude, take it down like 10 notches, please. Uh, Captain Boomerang, his best moment was in the trailer when he when he took the beer. That's about it. You want to talk about somebody who shouldn't have had any lines? There you go. Uh, Killer Croc, don't even understand. Um, I don't even remember the guy that got his slipknot. I understand why he was there. It was just uh, – and then you got to talk about the killer app line. Jesus Christ. Uh Batman, obviously. Oh, I know T is a big, big fan of Batflick. Uh, he was awesome in this. It just made me realize, why am I not watching a Batman movie instead of this? Uh, I, I love the whole giving Harley mouth-to-mouth, because that seemed like something that would have been in the animated series, and she'd have made, she would have made a joke you know, out of that. But As far as I think that's a, the, the biggest points of the cast here. I like the cast for the most part. I think it's a very talented cast. I like the attitude they were kind of going for in this, You know, the really putting the emphasis on the word bad guys thing. They were trying really hard to, uh, to, to, to go with that. To me, it's just the aesthetic of this movie. It felt like one foot in, one foot out. It felt like a lot of post-production. Okay, the negative reaction of Batman v Superman, we've got to brighten this movie up because, you know, like Tia said in that, she didn't want it to be like so dark she wanted to take a nap. So they had to try to put some bright colors in there, and it ended up looking like Batman Forever or something like that with a color palette that they used in this. And you might remember, that's not that might be a good thing in your memory, but go back and watch it now. That might not be such a great thing. But... uh Again, it's just the aesthetic. I didn't care for the look of everybody looking like that, just the tattoos on the faces and stuff. I, again, I know I sound really old with this tattoo stuff, but I, you put tattoos on the faces, and it's not just the damaged one, the <laughs> Joker. I didn't need Harley to have the tattoos all over her face either, but that's a, it's a minor well, gripe, I guess. No, 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 because I, I heard this a lot, and I was I was one of the biggest defenders of the tattoos when it came out, mainly because it's, it's today's t- – well, two things. One, it's today's time. Like, that's that's not necessarily, like, all over the face or anything, but there's kids with tattoos on their face. There's kids with crazy, all kinds of crazy looks um, when it comes to tattoos. I am never a fan of Harley having any tattoos. I don't need her to be a mirror of Joker. I understood Jokers because if you were – imagine a mob boss or uh, someone of, of that level of, of status in the crime world of today. That's exactly what a kid of this generation um, would look like. That's exactly a, a purple Lamborghini, uh, the, the purple trench coat. Like, that's exactly kids today dress so bright. That's why I'm like, when Tia's like, BVS was so dark, I could barely see anything. I'm like, I love it because I hate how colorful today's world is. Like, it's just, it's too bright. It, it, it's hurting my eyes. 
Um, well, I'm only but, saying that it's too dark because I literally cannot see because I have bad eyes. Like, <laughs> not, like, I'm sorry. They should take that into account. Most people wear contacts or glasses these days. Like, Jesus Christ, I can't see shit. <laughs> no, I, I definitely understand you. And, and I will say, um, Mike, even though his Joel makes fun of me about this, but I, I know Viola Davis from her hit show, How to Get Away with Murder. I love her in it. That's why when they casted her, I was just like, yes. Like, when they were talking about, like, Oprah and stuff, I'm like, no. Oh, no, I was no, going to no. throw up if it was Oprah. Viola Davis. Like, that is perfect. I will say, if scheduling conflicts come up, Octavia Spencer would be an amazing replacement. Sure. Um, sure. Isn't that what... Davis. Go ahead, I'm sorry. sorry. I was going to say, Mike, isn't that what you and Danny were talking about on your show, that Octavia Spencer would probably be a good step-in for Viola Davis in that role? I don't think that was us, no. That's the first I've actually, that's, they, we actually we, but both of us are such big Viola Davis fans. We were like, okay, if she's back in for a sequel, then I'm back in. And I was saying that I'm going to be in regardless because I'm a huge Guardians fan. Anything James Gunn makes from this point forward, I, I, I'm in for it. So, and you know, I'm sure that news is going to come up a lot that he's back on, on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, which he should have never been off of. But that's a different conversation. But I was for sure saying, okay, so what he did, he he really just went and honey dicked Marvel, didn't he? He basically went to DC just to get a movie to make them jealous and have him back or whatever. But I expect him for <laughs> sure to read. Okay, he's stepping away. As director of Suicide Squad, but he's saying they, he isn't even going to start this until he's done with shooting Suicide Squad too. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, no, I see. You, you may have heard. It, uh, I was saying that on the show that we did on Geek Vibes Live uh, last week. Yeah, I got the po- I got the podcast mixed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, she she even fits the look of because a lot of what a lot of people don't don't remember about Amanda Waller is like obviously she's big, her, she's a big her nickname. Right. Her nickname is The Wall uh, because she was big. So Octavia Spencer could definitely pull that look off. Um, the reason why Viola works so well is that her attitude is of Amanda Waller. Like, the, the role that she always plays is the role that seems like is tailor-made for Amanda Waller. Um, so that's why it was, it was spot on. But when you were saying, uh, Mike, before that, watching Batman in this, you were just like, man, we need a Batman movie. That, to me, was made so apparent at that end credit scene where, by, by the way, oh, my God, Viola Davis and Ben Affleck together, that, that just seems so magical. Like, I needed more of that. That's why I wanted an Escape on Arkham kind of movie for the follow-up where you can get more of Ben's Batman along with Viola's. Um, well, too bad. Tia won. Ben yeah. Affleck's no longer Batman. I know. I know. Tia's fault. Tia is your fault. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, my, it's definitely Tia's fault. Um, the voodoo yeah, doll I, that I made definitely worked. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'll even say to to the point that you were making, Mike. It was just okay. Let me go back to the the, the whole Joker thing. Um, that to me is perfect. Also, what a lot of people forget is there is a iteration of Joker in the comics that has that huge dragon tattoo on his mm-hmm. back and has a little bit more, a, a few more tattoos. Nothing on his face, I I don't think, but he does have a more modern look to what today's uh, aspect would look like. Um, So I understood the tattoos. Uh, My biggest issue was the trailer made Jared Leto's Joker seem so cool. And I get yelled at for for saying this all the time, but I'll never back off of it. The reason why Heath Ledger's Joker never sold me was because he was more of anarchy than he was Joker. 
that, the fact that his uh, his his face was painted and uh, the white the you know the the look of the white face wasn't what the you know the the acid did to him. He just put makeup on. Um, that bothered me. Uh, it just seemed like he was more looking for anarchy than just completely just chaos. Um, and that bothered me because it didn't seem like an accurate comic portrayal of Joker. What Jared Leto was able to sprinkle on this seems like that could have been an accurate portrayal of Joker. Um, I want to make sure I'm specific in saying that because we didn't see enough for me to say he was an accurate Joker. It just seems like they were on the the right track for him being that. Um, That whole nightclub scene, which, by the way, Common was – like that was such a wasted, <laughs> a wasted character arc. Should have he should have um, been John Stewart. He should have been John Stewart. You know what's crazy? The the rumor as soon as he got casted was that he was going to make an appearance as John Stewart. And I remember mm-hmm. saying like, I, I I couldn't see it. I just couldn't see it. And then you saw the set photo of him with like a nose ring and like tattoos on his head, and I was just like, ill. What is he playing? And then when you see the movie, it was just like. You could have just hired random guy off the street to play that role. I have no idea why you went and got Common to do that. I also have no idea why he agreed to do that. Uh, it was just it was super dumb. Um, excuse me, but I want to go back to um, to to you, Tia, for you to give us another thing uh, that you enjoyed or a response to anything me or Mike said. But I want to say one last thing before I pass it to you. Um, Margot Robbie's accent in this really upset me mainly because if you saw the movie if you saw Wolf on Wall Street in that movie her New York accent exactly like Harley Quinn and then when they brought her into this movie she didn't have that and I was just kind of like oh no I don't think you guys like really understand what the Harley's supposed to sound like that like this is this is not good but Margot Robbie is so scared to give the fans what they want yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Because, again, if you watch Wolf on Wall Street, just listen to how she sounded and then go watch Batman the Animated Series. It sounded so identical. But then you get to the movie and it's just like, did you guys, like, forget what Harley was supposed to sound like? Like, what, what is this? Like, she sounded too much like Margot Robbie talking than she did uh, as Harley. But Margot Robbie is such a great actress, you bought into it regardless of how she sounded. But, see, yeah, I want to pass it to you for your response to anything we were saying, or you can go into your next point of what you enjoyed of of Suicide Squad. Well, first of all, John, I'm definitely going to have to say that you and I will have to have words at some point about your apparently uh, dislike of Heath Ledger's Joker, but that's neither here nor there. But Wait, uh, I do want to say really quickly to you, I thought mm -hmm. his performance was amazing. I just thought if Christopher Nolan had taken a more original approach, like a villain that maybe didn't even exist in the Batman world and just allowed Heath Ledger to just be that, like its own entity, I'm completely fine. Regardless of if I think his portrayal was comic accurate or not, I still think his his performance was amazing. I just think he wasn't playing Joker. That's my only my only beef. That he wasn't. See, why did you, why did you bring this up? I'm not gonna be able to let this one go. Are you serious? Are you serious? You're not you're not you're not like Punking us right now. You're being serious right now? I'm being dead serious, and this has been my take for forever. But, Juwan, it's like Christopher Well, I know what we're talking about next week. Like, Christopher Nolan, not to get too much into it, but it's like that 
that wasn't the point of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. You know, he was taking, you know, creative liberties. I mean, just to kind of like, you know, again, I know we don't want to get too off topic, but just to throw it out there, you know, Killian Murphy played Scarecrow, and originally he didn't even want Scarecrow to have a mask. He had to have the other guy, I forget his name, like David Goyer or something like that. David Goyer had to convince him to give Scarecrow a mask, and Christopher Nolan's like, well, what is, you know, a realistic take as to why he would even wear this, like, burlap sack? And it was like, oh, because it protects him when he sprays people with a toxin. So just right. throwing but it out there. Exactly what you're saying is what my issue was. He wanted a more realistic take. But I love that. Unrealistic I love the realistic. I love that, 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 though, that, because it was, like, supposed to see that, like, this, this could happen in real life. That's this never happen. what I want. That's never what I want in this superhero. I, I have Ever. my gripes That's about that too, Juwan. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely against you. I have my gripes about that too. Where I said, I feel like with Nolan, it's like, dude, pick one. You got one foot in, one foot out here. Do you want to be like the comics, or do you want to be your own thing? When they did the whole backbreaking thing, I was like, come on, pick one. So, but, that's, yeah, but that's my point. But that's my point. I, to me, Christopher Nolan is one of the greatest original content creators of all Absolutely. time. So to me. I don't need a realistic take on a comic book movie. I don't. I need an accurate comic book movie. That's it. That'd be like if Iron Man was trying to show you, like, what it would be like if we actually could create an Iron I don't want to see that. Like, I'm watching it because I want to see the pages of the comic bleed onto the screen. Now, liberties are far. Like, I was one of the people that had no issue with Bane. I had no issue with Bane. I thought that was a more realistic Did your ears not work? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I, I you have to put on because, subtitles, Mike. <laughs> no, because hold on. Let me tell you why I liked it. Let me tell you why I liked it. Because I like Christopher too. Nolan. I like too. If you're Christopher Nolan, think think of it like this. What's the scariest thing about Bane? The fact that he can get really big, right? So what can you do that would scare somebody before you even touch them? Sounds scary. You could have that voice that, like, if if you're walking down a dark alley and you hear that, you immediately start peeing on yourself. So, again, liberties I have no issue with with him taking. Like, the fact that he completely disgraced the, the League of Shadows, I let that go. My only gripe is that I do not need in superhero movies ever for you to show me what it would be like realistically if superheroes existed. I, I never want that, ever. I never what need you think it. About, I don't want it. Well, what do you ahead, think about two things? What do you think about Two Face? Uh, you know, Two Face is like kind of uh, how he became Two Face. I mean, that's different than the comic books. He got burnt. It's he doesn't get it's burnt. Different. It's different than the comic books because what, what I think what I think you're asking me. I want to make sure we're <clears throat> excuse me we're not confusing each other. Liberties I'm fine with. Like he took a liberty changing Two Face, but he didn't try to make it realistic to like you know, real life right now, because a lot of what happened to Two-Face, not many people would have really survived that. Um, so it, it still was the idea of being fantasy. I was fine with that. By the way, Aaron, Aaron, I think it's his name, did an amazing performance. I think if you didn't have Joker in that movie, we'd be looking at him as one of the best villains ever, because that's how great of a performance I think he pulled off in that movie. Um but yeah, Guys, you know what we're proving right now? We're, we're proving yeah, the Suicide Squad is so forgettable. We're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> that that's is, my whole that point about Suicide Squad. Right, it's forgettable. Because I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't let 
you know, I couldn't let that whole Heath Ledger comment go. I'm sorry about that. But bringing it back to Suicide Squad, uh, again, I liked that scene with Common because it's ridiculous that you get this, like, really big-named actor and you put him in for, like, two seconds for a role that could have been, you know, random guy number one. But I liked that because of that whole freaking reason. And, by the way, that scene, loved it, loved it. I mean, just the way it because it kind of showed you how demented this whole couple is, the, you know, the Joker and Harley Quinn, that at first it's like, you know, here, you can have my woman. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do that or something. And he, and he's like, oh, what, you think this, you think that, and then all of a sudden they kill him. And it's like, just to show you kind of like how messed up they actually are, because they are, they are like out of their mind. Uh, who, what was the dude's name that played like the prison guard who was fucking with them the whole time? I forget that guy's name, but I loved when they brought him to the back of the kitchen and Jared Leto is just like intimidating him and then all of a sudden slides into his lap and he's like, I like you. And it's just, to me, that was like, whoa, like I would be scared as shit is this guy who's who has, like, a white-ass face, green hair, tattoos all over him, and, he, you know, he's the joker. He's eccentric as hell, and he's just sliding up in your lap, just smiling in your face. It's like, oh, man, you're, you're fucked. You're, you're going to die. I wish we could have seen that guy actually die on screen. That would have been amazing. Sorry about that. Um, as far as, like, I guess if you want to, like, slip into the criticism of the Suicide Squad, or I guess Suicide Squad, we can't call it the Suicide Squad just yet, but I understand the criticism because certainly there, it's not like, to me, this uh, movie didn't have faults. It certainly did. Uh, we can go into the whole Enchantress storyline because, to me, what I loved about the Suicide, about Suicide Squad, sorry, was the characters and all that. I didn't need the whole Enchantress uh, arc that was a little crazy. And But just this is my problem as a whole, though, with, like, the DCEU or whatever we're calling it these days, is that is, how is the Earth still standing? Because every single battle seems to just, like, completely decimate everything and she is like decimating the freaking city and all that and I didn't like fully understand and then she had like a brother and I didn't understand that either but I kind of did like where that one scene that she was showing them what they really wanted and that she could have given them what they kind of desired you know hardly wanted a normal life, you know, this, this, and that, and Diablo telling them, like, it's not real. I just loved how zen that freaking dude was. But it was because he had done some really terrible shit in his life, so it was his attempt to kind of not be that person anymore. And that scene where finally he kind of, like, just goes all out and when, you know, Will Smith, you know, Deadshot is telling him, like, hey – you know, we we need you right now. And he's kind of like egging him on and calling him this, this, and that. And then finally he just lets it rip. And that was just amazing to me. I was like, oh, shit, finally we got this guy in our corner. Uh, I loved his character. 
I'm not completely sure. Did he die, actually? Because I was like, well, maybe he still lived because I would have liked to see him return for a sequel, but now we know that's not going to happen, which to me is pretty upsetting because I know that the whole cast was really ready for this. If you even looked on, like, their social media pages, like, a year ago, they were all, like, quote-unquote, training to get back into it. They all got tattoos, and they were all, like, really ready to return back to their roles, but obviously now we see that that's not going to happen. Um, So, yeah, that's few little more scenes that I want to mention that I liked in the movie. Well, as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking that the main thing I think that bothered me about the Suicide Squad was they, they tried to mainstream it. And what I mean by that is the Suicide Squad is, at the end of the day, a group of bad guys. And I thought this movie never really made sure we remembered that they're bad guys. Um, so, I mean, Harley Quinn, her thing, the, the glass, steal the purse, like, okay, cool, that was a funny moment. But, like, I wanted them to remind people who have never read a Suicide Squad comic, like, these, these, these are villains at the end of the day. So it's like I wanted you to, to show more of them just being villains. Like, show something that kind of – because if you watch um, uh, Escape from Arkham or the other uh, Hell to Pay, the other Suicide Squad movie, Deadshot's reminding you the entire time, like, listen, I'll let you die. Just, you know, if if that means, like, I can still get the mission complete. Like, I kind of felt like you had Will Smith, so you were trying to make Deadshot not only a sympathetic character but somebody that you could really like and cheer for. And I'm like – no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted this movie to be exactly what Smoke and Aces was. So where it was like, this is a movie about a bunch of assassins trying to kill someone who's just as bad as they are. And they made sure you knew they were bad guys the entirety of the movie. Like, it wasn't mistaken. The only good person was Ryan Reynolds, the cop. That was it. Everyone else was, was like, supposed to be, like, the highest form of garbage, and they made sure they always re- reminded you of that throughout the entire movie. Um, and, and that, to me, just really was cringy because it was just like, wait a minute, hold on. You're trying to make Will Smith's dead shot someone like, like I'm cheering for? I don't want that. I want this to end to where it's like he let someone like, you know, you could have grabbed their hand and saved them, but like you let go. You know what I'm saying? Because like you wanted to go catch the, the guy you're after. Like, I, I don't know, Mike, I'll pass it to you. Like, am I reaching in this, or did you kind of feel like, at the end of the day, a group of bad guys should seem like a group of bad guys? Mike? Are you back to me now? I'm sorry. Um, yes, sorry. <laughs> if you watch that, there was that Batman movie that they made, an animated movie, where they sold it as a Batman movie, but it was actually a Suicide Squad movie. And the way that they did that, dude, I have—I was actually kind of like, okay, look, these are detestable people, but I was kind of rooting for Deadshot because of the whole story with his daughter and stuff like that. But they laid it out better. They laid it out much better. This was after Harley had split from Joker, and you know, she wanted nothing to do with him anymore. It, it actually worked out really well. And I was like, man, if they could have just made this the actual like script for this movie, it would have been so much better. Uh, I mean, you even had Batman for God's sake, but uh. I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. Uh, and, and again, I think they feel like, oh, no one can root against Will Smith because everybody loves him or something like that because he was the Fresh Prince. I, I don't know. I don't really know about all that. 
but uh, <laughs> no, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. It, it, it didn't that, that that didn't bother me particularly as much. But yeah, again, the, I keep using the phrase "one foot in, one foot out." Choose a side. Choose a side. Which direction you want to go here? But that's something I've said about the DCE the whole time. Pick a side. Do you want to be light and airy, or do you want to be dark and humorless? I don't really, I don't really understand. But just pick one. Pick one and stick with it. Be yeah. consistent. I just that's that's my whole problem with their whole their whole issue here. Yeah, the the biggest problem Warner Brothers has, um, <clears throat> and they're quite like Sony. They're reactionary. So after BVS, with everyone saying like this is like really depressing, like can can we get like some kind of like happiness, some kind of, and I'm just like. I, I want to tell everyone who's, like, asking, like, can it be, like, a little bit more cheery and not so, like, you know, brooding and dark? And I'm like, DC is super brooding and dark. Like, Superman, I'll give it I'll give it to you. That character especially is Batman. not usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, especially Batman. Superman, I'll give you. That character is not usually dark and brooding. So, like, the, the whole Man of Steel and BVS Superman portrayal was different. I'll give you that. I, I'll definitely give you that. That's why it seemed like Josh Whedon understood Superman a lot better than Zack Snyder did. Um, but the rest of these characters, like, they have extreme tragedy that make them, like, Wonder Woman, that story was never, like, you know, bright and happy. Like, that was that was a pretty dark story. Um, Batman, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, like, anything that has Batman in it, I'm kind of expecting to be dark and brooding because that's, that's Batman. That's his world. That's the world he lives in. Um, so Suicide Squad being like that works because that's the world, that's Gotham. Gotham is supposed to be this place people, unless you're like filthy rich, you really don't want to have to live there. Like, it's really bad. That's what I like. Um, so it, it just, when you were saying about the inconsistencies, they're, they're reactionary. So they immediately wanted to make something that was a polar opposite of what they just heard everyone saying they didn't want to see more of. So then you get Suicide Squad, which was a, a brighter version of BVS. Um, it was a happier version, more comedy, more laughs, um, excuse me, not as brooding. Um, it was meant to be like that, to be different from Man of Steel and BVS. Um, so they're very reactionary. They are. And I think now they're starting to realize we're just going to put out the movie that we think is good and we hope you think it's good. And so far Aquaman has worked. So far Wonder Woman has worked. So you, And Shazam is going to, to work. And Shazam is going to work. But see – Shazam being like everyone's saying like oh Warner Brothers is trying to trying to you know go a different route having it be so happy no Shazam is just a really happy bright character he is a mirror of it's Superman. almost like casuals don't know shit <laughs> yeah Sorry. yeah I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like to me movie to movie what Warner Brothers should focus on for DC is have it be its own thing meaning. If it, if it's going to be bright, that doesn't mean the direction of all of our movies are going to be bright. If it's going to be dark, doesn't mean all of our movies are going to be dark. Be its own thing. Like, I can't compare Iron Man 1 to Winter Soldier. Those are two completely different feeling movies. Like, Iron Man, to me, felt like a, a comedy but rooted in superhero world. Winter Soldier is a very dark, um, brooding kind of movie, but that's how it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to feel like Cap can't trust anyone. It's him versus the world. Um, it's one of their darker films. Well, you know, till you get to Infinity War, and then it's like, yeah, that's dark. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Each movie should look different. They all shouldn't look dark. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So that's why Suicide Squad was the first movie of the DCEU to look and feel different. Um, 
excuse me, but I, I'm going to go go back to you, Mike, for you to go into another thing you liked or something else you disliked of Suicide Squad. All right, I, since I kind of glazed over at the beginning, uh, I'll start with Cara Delevingne as Enchantress. Now, it's no secret everybody has this this go-to about this, but mine's really about the actress. I've seen her in approximately two movies, this and Valeria. And she's absolutely beautiful, and I'm sure she's very talented, but I'm not seeing it. I think her acting is as stale as, like, month-old bread. I don't understand why she keeps getting roles except for the fact that she's beautiful. I mean, maybe there's some powerhouse acting role that she's done that, that I just haven't seen yet. But I don't really know. I'm not seeing what everyone else is in, in this actress, and I, just, I thought she was horribly miscast. I, this is the, the love scenes between her and and Joel Kinnaman, dude, I'm about as invested as I am in like watching an episode of SpongeBob or something. I don't even, I don't even, I don't get what's going on, and I just don't care. And if you guys like SpongeBob, I'm sorry, I got, I got a six and a three year old, and they love it, and I just don't get it. So <laughs> that was past my age range there. So I, I, I don't really know. So that's that's the comparison there. Sorry, I didn't mean to wow. offend any uh, SpongeBob my- people. Sorry. <laughs> you you said. You sound exactly like how my dad sounded when SpongeBob first came out. He's like, it's a sponge. I don't understand. And I was like, I've tried. You know, that and Pokemon, I've tried with my kids. I mean, I get I get to watch most of the stuff they watch, but those just two, I'm just like, I don't. I mean, I guess that's how my mom felt when I used to watch Ren and Stimpy, maybe. I don't really know. I, or Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. I, I, I just don't get it. Well, but I, I, and I, ahead, sorry. No, I agree with the Enchantress, like, again, I'm talking about Suicide Squad, kind of, like, forgetting that she was even in it, because it, first of all, the costume was terrible. I'm not a comic book reader, but from seeing what she looks like in the comic books compared to what she looks like in the movie, I'm like, damn, she has, like, no clothes on or anything like that, Not and that sounds bad because I'm not a fucking prude or anything you know women can wear whatever the hell they want but I'm like you know to kind of go to those extremes it's like as Mike said she's a very beautiful woman and it just felt like maybe they wanted to capitalize on that which was a huge criticism also for Harley Quinn wearing booty shorts the whole entire time with fishnets I can imagine that that was probably uncomfortable but uh, with Enchantress I hated the way she talked where she's like uh, I don't know. It was like way too like husky or something like that, and she really didn't have any chemistry with Rick Flag. I mean, there's a reason. If you look, uh, I don't know if either of you go on Tumblr, especially before uh, they took away all of the uh, not safe for work content on Tumblr. But there was a lot of content for like Rick Flag and Deadshot. And that was because there was, like, no freaking chemistry between Rick Flag and Enchantress or June or whatever the hell her name was. So I agree that, like, that was a mistake bringing her in. I feel like they only really brought her in because she is a model and she was so beautiful and maybe they felt like that was going to really sell people on this movie. Well, my, it's funny because... She's like I Zendaya say, without the acting abilities. <laughs> They bring her I in, to young model. They bring her in to get the younger audience or whatever. And I guess maybe that's what they were going for. I, I guess again, maybe maybe in the casting call she knocked it out of the park. I'm just not seeing it translate to screen with her in two movies that I've watched her in. Yeah. Well, to to be fair, um, a good performance wouldn't have sold me 
the need to having a super-powered villain with a team full of uh, humans. So you could have gotten Meryl Streep in there, and I would have been like, all right, well, Meryl Streep's witch <laughs> is going up against, like, a lady with a bat. So, like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I compare the, the character um, to the character <clears throat> that we got in uh, The Defenders, um, where it seemed like I can't remember her name, but the lady who was supposed to play, like, or who was seemingly supposed to be, like, the big bad, it was just oh, like... Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, what Sigourney a waste. Weaver. She yeah, never did anything. Terrible. So you had all these people fearing Sigourney Weaver's character, but her character, like, she didn't seem like she had any powers. She had that one scene where she was, like, taking out those ninjas, and it was just like, we never saw her fight. So it was just like, you put her here, the whole seven episodes, for us to see what? Her die and then yield the power to Electra? Like, it was just, it was a waste. You could have just had um, her set up Electra, you know, to be the, the one to take over around, like, episode one. So the, the witch character in Suicide Squad, Enchantress, sorry, stop calling her witch character, Enchantress in um, Suicide Squad, it was just like, wait a minute, hold on. Regardless of who played the, the character, the character just shouldn't have been in the movie whatsoever. Um, I, I will say, Cara, I was a huge fan of her in Valerian. I, I was one of those very maybe 2% of the world that enjoyed Valerian. Um, I'm still really upset to this day that I didn't get to see it in theaters to get the whole visual aspect of it, but I enjoyed it. Um, I, I did enjoy that movie. I did enjoy her performance. She also was in it with first-time actor Rihanna. Rihanna was actually really good in that. Um, so I get the casting, I guess. Excuse me. She isn't any worse of an actress than you throwing Megan Fox in, in, in all those Transformers. So I kind of felt like she was an upgrade from that. Um, acting-wise, um, but the, again, the character just shouldn't have been in the movie. It was just really bad, and, and that brings me to one of my points that I didn't like of the movie. The script wasn't strong, and I, I think I was saying this be, before. I, I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the show or, 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 to, uh, or when we were doing Geek Vibes Live, but the biggest issue I had is if you know um, – I completely just forgot the, the director's name. Help me out. What's the director's name for Suicide Squad? Uh, David, David Ayer. Ayer. David Ayer. If you've seen any of David Ayer's movies, the first thing you like would say when you saw Suicide Fury, End of Watch. Uh, right. The first thing you right. The first thing you would say is there's no way he 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 did this movie. Like there's just there's no way. It's so inconsistent, and a lot of the script just falls flat. But if you watch any of his other movies, you're just like, what went wrong? Like, what went wrong? And, and again, my biggest issue was just the strength of the script. And I, I did want to point this out when you said this before, Mike, about Will Smith playing Will Smith, like, all the time. Will Smith is one of those guys, him and Seth Rogen have, like, a very special ability to where they can play themselves, but there's that, those, those few times. So when they get a role, you're just like, no, I'm seeing who he's supposed to be rather than him just being Will Smith. Um, I think there's a handful of Will Smith movies to where I go, no, 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 that is an Oscar actor. And then there's a lot of movies where I'm like, nope, he just showed up to work today just to be Will Smith. And I, I like do Bright? agree with you that, yeah, I, I, yes, yes, I'll give you Bright. Even though I, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Again, another David Ayer project. Um 
Will Smith was just Will Smith in that movie, 100%. In this movie, the one thing I was looking for Deadshot, uh, well, I wasn't looking for him to have, but he had that I wasn't expecting was the humor. And that's why Will Smith worked for me. Um, the scene where he's he's orchestrating the, the the assassination, telling the guy on the phone, need more money, man, not doing nothing without more money. Like that whole scene was a stroke of genius. Then when he shoots it, it bounces off and it hits the guy. Like that was that was beautifully done. That was great. Um, I also loved the the fact that Will Smith was willing to wear the mask because that was a huge problem for me. And you guys know this. I have a huge issue with you casting um, huge names in Hollywood to play roles that require them to cover their face because 95, 95% of the time they're not going to cover their face. So it's a complete waste of, of the entire mask or hood or whatever. Um, so the fact that he wore it as much as he did, I was completely shocked. I was just like, okay, this, this is awesome. Um, I, I just feel like Will Smith, what he did for Deadshot wasn't something that I couldn't see someone else doing because right when we heard that he was out, I immediately started thinking like Michael B. Jordan or you could have a lesser guy um, fill in the Oh, you mean like Idris Elba, a lesser guy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> funny. You're funny there, Mike. You're really funny there, Mike. Um, no, but uh, it, it was, he didn't do for that role something that I thought couldn't ever be replaced. Like Viola Davis, again, Octavia I would lean towards, but outside of that, not really anyone else I'd feel strong about portraying the wall as, as greatly as I think those two could. Um, that was my biggest thing. I know a lot of people probably when they hear this, they're going to curse me out, but I just felt like Will Smith, what he left or what he did with the, the character was great, but it wasn't anything that I left saying there's not anybody else <laughs> that could do what he did. No, I didn't think he did that. He, he he didn't do enough for that. I don't think there's anyone else that could be Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie seems like she, you know, when she was born, like her destiny was to be Harley Quinn. Like she just seems tailor-made for it. Um, and I personally can't, outside of, sorry, I'm lying. It was a really famous, beautiful actress. I think her first name was Brittany, I think. She had died not too long after uh, Sin City. Um, if you guys Brittany Murphy, know Brittany Murphy, yeah. Brittany yeah, Murphy she... is only other actress that I think would have been born to play Harley Quinn. She um, was fan. She was fan. She was fan casted as Harley Quinn like a lot. Like if you go on Deviant Art or something, people were always uh, putting Brittany Murphy in the role of Harley Quinn. She weirdly was who I wanted to pair up with Willem Dafoe. Like I, I had a huge obsession with Willem Dafoe as as the Joker. Um, he would be an amazing I, older Joker. Yeah, she was who I always wanted to pair up with Willem Dafoe to be the Harley Joker. Um, so when she had passed, and then Willem Dafoe seemed to be to to be getting too old to be Joker, I was like, man, that was a really wasted timeline between you know, when you could have had, you know, between Spider-Man and between Sin City, where you could have kind of maybe did a Batman movie in that time period. Um, but to, to get back on topic, I'll pass it to you, Tia. I thought one of the biggest, biggest weaknesses of Suicide Squad was the script. I thought the script was just, I want to say blah. together. Yeah, blah. Thank you. Blah. We'll go with that. It was very blah. Tia, I'll pass it to you. Your thoughts on that, and then... Um, Actually, you know what? 
I just want to hear your thoughts on that because then I have a follow-up question for you. <laughs> well, when you mean script, you mean like the plot line, the lines, like what do you specifically mean All of when it. you say the script? I mean, I mean <laughs> the story for it was bad. I mean the dialogue was bad. All right, let me ask you this, Tim. If you don't have Will Smith and you don't have Margot Robbie, and let's say Suicide Squad was a movie they were putting out on Netflix, so you just got a lot of up-and-coming actors and actresses, do you think that script was strong enough if you didn't have Will Smith and Margot Robbie leading it uh, for, for it to have been as good as you feel as though it was? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Will Smith and Margot Robbie were big you know, players in that movie. And obviously, like, the people, the two who were the focal points, but they were made essentially the focal points because of how big they were. If they weren't so big, maybe the script would have been a little bit more tailor-made to kind of distribute uh, for everyone. I I don't know, because I, I am one of the few maybe that is a little upset that Will Smith isn't returning because I did really like him in that role. But as far as the script goes, I, I, I like the lines. I liked it. If you took away the whole Enchantress thing, I, I was fine with the script of that, you know, if there was another threat where they had to go and get them from the freaking jail and all that, if you kept everything else in but made the villain another person or, you know, primarily the Joker, I would have had no problem with it because I would still have liked it. Um, And I'm sorry, Suicide Squad is definitely better than, like, 90% of the Netflix movies that are out there because those are pretty much all awful. Dude, can I talk about I, the whole dead Will Smith dead shot thing here? I want to know if yeah, Danny brought this does. up on our podcast. How how are you guys going to explain going from Will Smith, Mister Let's Get Up There and Busty T's ass, to a stoic British black man who's hit with an accent and who just it just it, to me it just makes no sense. How are they going to make these characters be the same thing? Well, how is it supposed to be the same all, guy? They are. I can't think of two different actors. Well. To me, that's that's never an issue. That you have to cater the movie to the actors. So as long as James Gunn caters it, again, I haven't heard Idris Elba officially has taken the role. I, I thought well, what I mean is, is Idris Elba is he going to act like Will Smith or is he going to do his own thing? No, you have to do your own thing. That's what I'm saying. You write it to cater the actor. You don't write it to cater who came before him. You just write it to to best fit Idris Elba. So, you know, however you want to go about it to fit him, that's how you go about it. it there should never I didn't even think be, about it until Danny brought it up. About the dip, the, be, I mean, obviously you can fake the accent. That, that, that was just kind of joking around there. But I, I just I, – oh, no, I no, no. if you get Idris Elba to get in there to try to act like Will Smith, I think it's going to be a train wreck. No, well, do no, you no, no, guys no, no. think that – do you guys think that, that Idris Elba may play the role more to what you guys were saying before – where he's always kind of reminding you that he's the bad guy where he would let anyone die uh, if he needed to take someone's hand to prevent them from falling but didn't. Like, do you think that Idris Elba could be that type of dead shot? I'll tell you no, after I see and Hobbs and Shaw. I, I'll say this. <laughs> no. I, don't change the, the content of the character. 
because if this is indeed supposed to be some weird kind of – because honestly, regardless of what James Gunn says, if you have Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in it, it's not a reboot. It's a sequel. It is a sequel. You cannot say it's a reboot just because you're not bringing certain characters back. That's not what what constitutes a a reboot. A reboot means the story is completely different. The characters are all completely different. You bringing back Deadshot, you bringing back Amanda Waller, and you bringing back Harley Quinn, make that a sequel, especially if Viola comes back and Margot Robbie comes back. That's a sequel. So you doing a sequel means I don't want the content of the character of Deadshot to change. So if you've already established him to being – this this loving, well, let me not say loving, but this, this sympathetic person does what's best to get him through the, the job, um, then don't, don't change that. But by no means do I ever think that they were going to make him anything like Will Smith. That's not what you need to do. Idris Elba has his own charm. He doesn't need to, to, to try to get into Will Smith's bag. He can do his own thing. Um, but well, what you I guys claim he's the greatest actor ever, so I'm sure he could do it if he wants to. He no could one, be, by the way, so he, go ahead, Gio. He, he could be playing uh, Will Smith's dead shots like brother or something. <laughs> they put yeah, that no, in. That's I, how they I explain it. <laughs> I don't want you to, to see. Here's the thing. It doesn't take much to explain it. Here's what I try to always remind people. No one, and I mean no one, asked for an explanation going from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. No one did. No one asked for an explanation going from Edward Norton to, uh, to Mark Ruffalo. No one cared. No one cared. And you see how drastically different the, the acting is between the two, between Ruffalo and, and Norton, between um, Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard. No one cared. So this isn't any different. This isn't like Leonardo DiCaprio drops out of Inception and you bring in uh, uh, Liam Hemsworth, and now you're like, all right, well, we got to try to find the same magic. Like, no, that's not the same thing. This is a very seamless transition into a different actor playing Deadshot. Yeah, not trying but, to but Juwan, Juwan, you didn't Deadshot. have Terrence Howard. War Machine, Rhodey, was not like the main character of the movie, though. You're talking yeah. about Deadshot was basically the focus of the first movie, and from all reports, he's going to be the focus of the second movie. You're, you're changing the main character here. Right. You did the same thing with the Hulk, <laughs> from going from Norton. He's to never Ruffalo. had another movie though. It doesn't count. He's never no, had a solo Ruffalo's, movie. <laughs> Ruffalo's introduction was Avengers. He was one of the main characters. I believe. Besides, he hot take here: the Incredible Hulk movie, trash. There. That's fine. I I I I'm not here to defend that. I mean, it had one great scene in it. But besides that, I could never watch that movie again and be fine. I but never I'm will watch that movie again. Ruffalo's first introduction as the Incredible Hulk was in an ensemble movie. Idris Elba's first uh, time as Deadshot will be in an, on, in an ensemble movie. So it's the same thing. It doesn't matter that you're a lead in the ensemble movie. You're, you're part of a group. You're not an individual playing in a solo movie that's only about you. So now, off topic it, here, but you, you know why yeah. I was okay with Ruffalo? Because he reminded me of Bill Bixby, and I, I grew up watching the Incredible Hulk TV series, so I, I think that's why I was okay like with him, it. Right? I know that's off topic. I just like want to him, throw right? that out there. No, no, no. Sort of. I, I agree with you. I agree with More you. More than Norton Ruffalo did. Was a, yeah, he was a great, um, a great replacement for Edward Norton, who I kind of just – first of all, I didn't like the look of his Hulk. I didn't really believe in his Bruce Banner, so it was just like 
Yeah, you can go ahead and, like, recast him. I'm fine with that. It was just one of those things to where I was like, if you do a solo movie, how do you explain that? But the fact that they've never done a solo movie after it could care less. Um, but that's my point. No one questioned Ruffalo. No one questioned Don Cheadle, who were okay, both sure. only part of ensemble movies. Going all forward. I'm saying is if Idris that's Elba tries to is. act with the same attitude that Will Smith had in the first Suicide Squad movie, I'm going to be, like, just face-palming the whole time. So I hope James Gunn seems to be smart enough not to do that. So, Well, you know what? I'll say this. If they do go that route, I'll, I'll 100% agree with you, but there's just no need to, to do it. There's absolutely 100% no need to do it. There may not be, though, as seamless of a transition as you think, Juan, just because – you know, Will Smith's Deadshot had a lot of chemistry with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Is that going to still be the case with Idris Elba and Margot Robbie instead? She's only she's be... only a cameo. She's only a cameo. She's not one of the. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's not going to be in this movie. Like, if this movie isn't is two hours, she'll be in maybe fifteen minutes of it. That's what they're saying. Her character's coming back for is just to let everyone know. Like, it's it's still from the same same flavor from the, the first movie. Like, it's not a reboot. Like, I'm back, so it's not a reboot. That's all she's there for. That's it. So she doesn't have a huge role in the movie. The movie is centered around Deadshot. She's a cameo. So chemistry doesn't matter because the whole team's changed. So if Rick Flagg is gone, like they're saying he probably will be, and Amanda Waller is uh-huh. the only person back, that, that could easily be rectified. Chemistry is not that difficult when everything else is changing. Now, if the entire cast was exactly the same and Will Smith was the only, only part changing, I'd 100% agree with you. Everybody is changing. Like, there's no mention of Katana. There's no mention of Killer Croc. No mention That's of Diablo. I'm, tra- I'm treating it as a soft reboot. Basically, yeah, like if they make another Justice League reboot. movie, they won't even reference right. the first Justice League movie, that kind of thing. Right. It's just a soft reboot. That's, that's all it is. That's, that's completely all it is. Like, what I'm trying to sell to you guys is this isn't as big of a deal as it is Ben Affleck dropping out in the middle of, of a universe building. <laughs> like, that you have to rectify. And they are by saying they're going back to when he's younger. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. There's no explanation really needed. Like, Idris Elba is around the same age as well, so it's not even like, oh, well, he's like 10 years or 20 years younger now. No. It, it, it's, a, it's just as seamless, Tia, as it, it, Mike, as it would be that if Ben dropped out and John Hamm filled it. It'd, it'd be a seamless transition. Oh, there would be why nothing Why could that happen? Right. There'd be nothing Because we want a Batman that doesn't need a walker. That's why. John <laughs> Hamm is like one or two years older than Ben Affleck, right? I know. I'm that's sorry. what I'm saying. We, I, like, I want a Batman. I just mean I don't want a 50-year-old Batman. I want a late 20s, early 30s Batman. And apparently so is Matt Reeves. So I'm happy. I, well, I, I'm I happy don't right now. Wait till that casting uh, happens. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Man. I don't disagree with that. My only issue with it is you cannot say – well, let me not say you cannot because they probably will. I don't like the idea if they go this route. Don't tell me this Batman is just beginning. Then I'll completely lose my mind. I, I'll just I'll, – I'll, I'll black out. I need no, it. Put him in his experience yeah. Batman. That's why I said early 30s, like 30, 32, 33, around there. Early 30s. So you say he's experienced. He has been Batman since he was 24, 25. I'm fine with that. But if you make him 24, 25, or even 26, 
it's just like, all right, well, this Batman hasn't even grown a rogues gallery yet. And this is Bat like, Boy. He, he, yeah. yeah, that's beat <laughs> Bat Boy, exactly. So that is my biggest issue. So that's why I'm saying you drastically changing his age, that's not a seamless transition. You have to explain that. Like, that's going to be a question all the mainstream, well, not say mainstream, but all the the general audience who doesn't really keep up with the news or the world or what's going on with it, they're going to be like, wasn't an old dude Batman like two years ago? Like, why is he like, he doesn't even have facial hair. Like, who is this young kid? So that's going to be more confusing than seeing Will Smith go to Idris Elba. That no one's really going to question that that much. Batman is is what's going to really confuse people. Or Again, I keep using the term soft reboot. I feel like that's what they're doing. These are just going to be such standalone movies now that you're just supposed to like forget kind of what's happened but it's hard with Suicide Squad because like you said Harley Quinn's coming back Viola Davis coming back you you, you can't see it as anything but a sequel yeah I mean it that, that's see that's what's confusing to me because it's one of those things where it's like from the beginning I know you guys remember uh when James Gunn was originally um you know brought on everyone was saying reboot like he wants to reboot it and I'm kind of like wait hold on uh, you, you don't have to reboot it. Just don't use any of the characters that you used in the first one. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to do because Deadshot is a stable, is a staple in um, the Suicide Squad. Uh, Amanda Waller obviously is a staple, and Harley Quinn is in and out in the Suicide Squad. She wouldn't really matter as much as Deadshot does, but um, you know, it, it's still it's easier to do it with her than it would be with Deadshot. So when you hear that they're doing a story centered around Deadshot and you're bringing in Idris instead of Will, um, that is a soft reboot. That's all that is. It's a soft reboot. Now, if you were completely changing everyone, Viola's out, Harley's out, Deadshot's out, that is a reboot. So that's why I'm like, the panic shouldn't be there. It's going to be great. If you saw what James Gunn did with Guardians, a bunch of characters that people before that movie not only didn't really care about, but they didn't even make enough comics for comic fans to care that much about the Guardians. And look how much we care now about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I completely trust James Gunn to to make Suicide Squad one of these. Say it again, Mike. It's the whole reason I'm excited about that because before before that announcement, I would have been like, well, I can't remember the guy that was originally hired before Gunn. I can't even remember who it was. And I was like, I'm just Gavin I'm just O'Connor. not able to get excited about this, and this has been like an ongoing thing since we started our show. Because Danny loved the movie, and I was lukewarm on it, so we always just kind of joke back and forth because I love Guardians, and he's lukewarm on that. So when they hired James Gunn, I was like, now I'm finally excited, and he's like, really, I'm less excited now because he's like, I think it's just going to be a Guardians, you know, carbon copy, and I'm like, sign me up. Yeah, a hundred percent. I will say this really quick before I pass to you, Tia. Because I, I, I want to get your opinion on this, Mike, because I think I'm the only one that this truly bothers. It will forever bother me that James Gunn couldn't just use the weather gun for Peter Quill. Why he went with that taser stun gun thing will forever infuriate me because the element gun was one of the dopest things about Peter Quill. Well, so you found out that, like, he had powers and, like, could go toe-to-toe with Thanos. But before then, the elemental gun was the dopest thing about Peter Quill. And when they didn't bring that element in, I was just like, oh, that's so lazy. Like, did that bother you at all? Or were you kind of just like, doesn't matter, whatever? I knew about 
as much <laughs> I said earlier about SpongeBob, that's about how much I knew about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not one of those people who, when a movie gets announced, they pretend that they know everything about them. So that movie like blew my socks off so bad that I, whatever they did, I was on board with. I I can understand where you're coming from though, for sure. Yeah, I mean just just the the visual of it, the idea that the gun could shoot out ice, could shoot out water, could shoot out like a thunderstorm or fire, like. It was just so dope, and then I was just like, "Oh, you didn't use it." Like, well, you on, know, there man. is a part three coming out, so maybe Ooh, that's not done man. yet. I you mean, know, Peter needs a little bit of redemption after Infinity War. It's putting it out there. I'll say this: you guys need a- to stop another thing. That. <laughs> another thing. Stop that, what? Because um, I know that I know that whole oh, let's blame Peter Quill for the events of Infinity War, and I don't want to oh, get into it, but. Oh, okay. I that's, 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 that's just like, no. That's just straight Twitter garbage right there. I don't, I don't get into all that stuff. <laughs> well, no, it's it's really quickly not to get too too far off topic, even though we've done that in the the entire show. But that's what makes the show fun. Um, it can't because be it, it can't only be blamed on on Peter. I mean, I kind of blame Tony. Like, if you had kind of connected with the other Avengers and did like an all out attack. Oh, there it is. You would there have had a is. way better chance on defeating him instead of isolating yourself to where it's See, like. This right, is my well, problem with you, you Team Cat people. Y'all blame Tony for everything. Jeez. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I am not Team Cat. I am Team Tony, a hundred percent. I'm saying I I'm get the logic. Cat. I get the logic of Tony saying instead of bringing it back to Earth, let's isolate him. So if we can defeat him, it has it, you know it it doesn't destroy Earth. I get that. What I'm saying is. That whole, like, the, the the end result of that movie can't only be blamed on Peter Quill. I mean, you could look at that from so many different angles. Like, Thor, once you found out, like, the events of Thanos, instead of trying to get a weapon to go kill him, why not call the Avengers and say, like, hey, guys, it's this really huge, like, purple guy that's coming. Like, how about we all get together and try to defeat this guy together? Like, a lot of this movie had to do with people taking their own self-interest um, based off of what Thanos did to them in their individual lives, and then trying to defeat him based off of that, instead of coming together. That's why Endgame better not end uh, unless we have Cap standing like with all the Avengers, and he steps forward and he says, Avengers assemble. If he doesn't say that and he does die, I'll never forgive Kevin Feige ever, like ever. Dude, ever. it'll happen. It's, this isn't this isn't Warner Brothers. They're going to give the fans what they want. You know that's why they, that's why they're so successful. They give the fans what they want, and Warner's like we're doing our own thing. And you know what? Everybody that says that crap needs to pay attention because look at the Marvel movies before Marvel created their own studios. They made the same crappy mistakes either because it's stupid. And that's why I get so mad when people are like, "Oh, what do you expect? It's a DC movie." Fuck you with that shit, man. It's Warner Brothers. It is not DC. Quit slandering DC. That's a, that's a trigger for me. No, I, I I don't disagree with you. Warner Brothers, um, they they're treating DC the same way. I think Paramount has the rights to Transformers the same way that they treated Transformers. They see how much money they can make yeah, off. They don't of care it, if it's quality. That's all they yeah. care about. That's all they care about. So, I mean, again, Marvel did take a lot of lumps. I thoroughly enjoyed the first Fantastic Four. It seems like no one else did. Uh, but you obviously... No, I did. You obviously I did. See the, I, I did enjoy You guys it. aren't the Doctor Doom was, fan I am. I'm a, Doctor I, Doom is my favorite Marvel villain, and they, that's two movies now where they've... Actually, I was like, well, there's no way the new Doctor Doom can be worse than the first. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they did. They did that. 
And you know what's crazy? They messed up two really good actors, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. By poor writing. Like, both of those guys could have been really good dudes. But the writing. That movie completely, so like, blasted Julian McMahon's career. He was, he was, like, on the up and up. He was ever talking about him being the next James Bond, and then he did Fantastic Four. Now he's like, hey, wasn't he that one guy on Nip Tuck? <laughs> Nobody even knows about yeah. him anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. But I, I want to get back to your point, Mike, because it's a very important one, especially when it comes to Suicide Squad. I think sure. Warner Brothers has built this stigma that falls on DC because I think a lot of these fanboys that. That, that, that try to say, like, oh, like, Marvel's never messed up. Like, it, it's all DC. I think what people forget is, like, DC isn't a movie studio. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's an entity of a comic book world that works for a movie industry. So it's like Warner Brothers is the guys that sees it and then goes, nope, change everything. Get, get rid of that writer. I want a new writer. And, like, eight scenes of this just don't work for me. They're the guys that said that. So it's like DC could have made you a perfect movie. They then take it to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers says, nope, don't like any of it, redo it. So to blame DC is like, all right, well, obviously you rather complain than to, like, do your homework. Like, it takes one Google for you to figure out, like, Warner Brothers is the people to blame and, and not DC. I don't ever People use DC. the trigger thing way too much these days. Oh, you're triggered? That's, that's one that gets me, though. It's like, dude, I grew up with DC Comics at a time where no one that I knew talked about Marvel characters except they weren't Spider-Man or X-Men. That's all they ever talked about. So when they say, oh, what do you expect? DC has, like, lesser characters. I get enraged because that is garbage. Well, see, that's, that's why I said, because, uh, Mike, you weren't around when, when we first started uh, Geek Vibes Nation. I, we first started around the time of Civil War and BVS coming out. I said very oh, boldly, and I stand by it, I said BVS was going to be a better movie than Civil War. I, in a million years, wouldn't have thought bringing Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman together would have ever been a bad thing on the big screen. I just I never you. would have comprehended. And I think what a lot of people forget when they're like, well, you know, DC and Warner Brothers, you should have taken your time and do, do solo movies. You don't have to because the intrigue that, that needs to be built doesn't exist for DC because Superman and Batman are the two biggest superheroes in the world. Marvel had to do that because no one who doesn't read a comic book knows Black Panther, Iron Man, Captain America, because what I think people forget is the most notable characters in Marvel are Spider-Man and Wolverine. It's never been Iron Man, Captain America, or the Hulk. So you needed to do solo movies to build interest of characters that if you, if you never read a comic, you've never heard of. But if you've never read a comic, you've definitely heard of Batman or Superman. So you, didn't, you. Need to, you didn't need to necessarily world build because you, the intrigue for those characters are already there. Superman and Batman are box office. They just are. But there's no way you're, you're, you're telling the general audience, hey, come see my Iron Man movie. You're what? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Like, you've got to show me something. But with Batman and Superman, it takes a lot less to sell you on it because those are two of the most notable characters of all time. So that's why when they were like, you rushed it with BVS. I don't think so. I think if BVS was just written better and they took time making that movie instead of rushing it like they did with the script, if they took their time and that movie's good, 
we're not telling them that they still needed to have done solo movies first. We're now looking at BVS a lot differently, and we're going, you know what? That was smart. That was really smart. That You went out on a ledge, brought these three characters together, um, was only introducing one character in the universe. All right, well, let me spin that off of that. So uh, then do you think using that, that method that you're talking about, then do you think it was a mistake putting a team-up movie like Suicide Squad so early was a bad plan? I'll say it was bad only because the movie is about Batman's villain, and you haven't introduced a solo Batman story. So you're asking people. That's why, and again, what we try to do, Mike, me, you, Tia, Dane, Kanan, Nick, Joel, is to inform people. Like, movies look to sell people who have never heard of these characters. Why do you think they went out and got Will Smith and Margot Robbie? You need star power to drive these movies of characters that no one knows about. So it was one of those things to where it was like, you you did a movie about villains, and you have that's why I said when you put in there of Harley Quinn like in her bio saying that she killed Robin, but like the first time Batman, it seems like the first time after the death of Robin, Batman sees Joker and Harley, he just doesn't seem enraged. Like it just doesn't seem. And what's weird about it is BVS showed you how broken he was by it. But the first time he meets the people that did it, it's kind of just like, what is? Yeah, I'm going to just arrest Harley, send her back. Like, no, like, there's no level of aggression or anger. With, well, he did punch why, her in the mouth. Well, only I mean, she was trying to stab him, but he did punch her. her in the mouth. <laughs> right, but only because she tried to stab him. It wasn't like he pulled her out of the water and punched her in her face. Like, she was trying to stab him, so that's why. Um, <laughs> but that's set up through story. So those, if you did Suicide Squad... Let's see. We've got, we've had Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Justice League. If you had done Suicide Squad, maybe around about when James Gunn's doing it. So maybe around next year or the year after, it would have made more sense. You would have already, hopefully, you would have already established Batman and his villains. So when we see them, we're like, oh, the Batman ended with like Joker, you know, or, or Harley being in jail. So, that makes sense now. I know who these people are. But with you just throwing them in, it's kind of like, that's weird. That That's the equivalent to Marvel doing Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Masters of Evil, Avengers, then other movies. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. No, no, no. Don't do Masters of Evil yet. Establish these people so that we're, we care to see who these villains are. Um, okay, well, so last one, and then I'm going to let Tia go. I would here's here's just because guys I don't want to forget about it. What I thought they were going to do is that they were going to have these these solo ish movies or team up kind of mini team up movies. If you want to count if you want to count BBS as a team up movie, I get it. Uh, I thought they were going to take the villains from those movies that came before Suicide Squad and put them into the Suicide Squad. I thought that was going to be the tie in. Was the villains from those movies were going to be the villains that were in Suicide Squad? I thought that's what they were going to do. And in hindsight, I still kind of would have loved that. Yeah, would have made more sense. Um, Tia, I'll go to you. Your thoughts on what me and Mike were talking about, because um, I kind of want to hear your thoughts. Do you think? Uh, well, first, if you want to answer Mike's question that he just asked, and then after that, do you think DC made a mistake doing BVS so early, or do you feel as though that if it was just a better movie, then we're looking at their world building a lot differently than we are now? Well, you guys know how I feel about BVS. I hated it. You think it's it. so bright and cheery? 
<laughs> uh, I personally, I don't think that they should have done BBS so quickly, only because, again, this was essentially the first time that we really saw Ben Affleck's Batman. And you think about it, as I, I think I said this on our BBS discussion, Ben Affleck was cast really soon, like after Christian Bale was done being Batman. People loved Christian Bale. I love Christian Bale as Batman. So it's like you needed to kind of sell the audience who wasn't entirely into this. And I think having a solo Batman movie first would have really helped, like a good story that really just kind of captured people and shit like that. And then you have that, and then you have it set up where at the end of the movie, you know, Superman's fucking up shit, and Ben Affleck's like, oh, I mean, Batman's like, oh, my God, I got to stop this guy. And then that leads into uh, Batman versus Superman. That would have been better. I have no problem with them introducing Wonder Woman in BVS because I kind of like that little, like, tease, and then she got her solo movie. That was great. But as far as I'm concerned, I do think that they should have done at least because we had a solo Superman movie. We were invested in Henry Cavill as Superman. We should have had a solo Batman movie first and then have uh, Batman versus Superman. And I do like what Mike says that if we were to have the villain from those movies then accumulate into a Suicide Squad movie because I understand what you mean where it's like we would have liked to have that set up completely. But where, at least for me and for viewers like me, what Suicide Squad accomplished, similar to what, I guess, Guardians of the Galaxy accomplished, was taking characters that the general public didn't really know and putting them together and establishing something. I suddenly started, first of all, I suddenly started caring a whole lot more about who the hell Captain Boomerang was I liked his rendition definitely a lot more than whatever rendition we got in the Arrowverse, uh, if I remember correctly. It's not that I'm like the biggest watcher of the Arrowverse, but I do believe they introduced him at least for one or two episodes in there. So I did like his rendition a lot more. And it kind of sold me a little bit more on Will Smith being Deadshot because not that I dislike Will Smith, I certainly do not dislike Will Smith, but I like seeing him in this in that role because I was very skeptical and I didn't really know who Margot Robbie was before Suicide Club. I hadn't seen Wolf of Wall Street before then. Uh, I obviously saw it afterwards, but I didn't see it beforehand. So that introduced me to her. It introduced me to Joel Kinnaman. Introduced me to a few of these actors that now I really enjoy. So it's like I get my side with that. But I, going to the BVS thing, I think that it should have done been done a little later. I understand what you're saying, Juan, that these are some of the biggest, like, names in superhero, you know, the superhero world. Because certainly even when I grew up watching the CW as a kid every Saturday morning, what was on? Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, I mean... If you go to my parents' house, I still have all the VHS tapes because I'm not that young. Uh, I have all the VHS tapes where I literally recorded all of that shit every Saturday morning so I could rewatch it. 
So certainly I knew who the hell Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman were. You didn't need to necessarily, you didn't need to have solo movies necessarily to introduce them to the population. But I think having Ben Affleck who's such a big name and having it, having it have that he, sorry, I can't talk guys, that he was cast so quickly after Christian Bale because they wanted to establish this whole DCEU. I think he should have had a solo movie just because of that to get people hyped that it was, and especially because you had already established Henry Cavill as Superman. You needed that. To me, you needed that then to have them in an all-out brawl. Because at that point, and you guys know I'm not the biggest Ben Affleck fan, I was, I went in thinking, well, I'm, I only really care about Henry Cavill's Superman because I don't really care about Ben Affleck's Batman. See, the, let me say this. The idea of doing it too soon after Bale, what I think because it wasn't, again, social media isn't as big then as it is now. I don't think a lot of people remember the role was offered to Christian Bale. He turned it down, said he didn't want to be Batman anymore. Um, so they weren't going to – they didn't want to wait. They thought the best way to introduce Batman and Wonder Woman was in a Superman universe. So I think if you do a solo movie, you then, you know – because remember, no one was sold on – well, let me not say no one. A lot of people weren't sold on Ben Affleck as Batman. It wasn't until that first photo was shown – and then it wasn't until that second trailer where they showed the warehouse scene that a lot of people were like, nah, I could probably get behind this Batman, um, that they were really um, sold. So I, on, can I, I just need to yeah, interrupt absolutely. really quick. There was, this, there was this hilarious meme that came out after the announcement of Batflick, as it's now called, where it's like Christian, it's like at some award show, Christian Bale sitting down and Ben Affleck is, you know, leaning in, and the bu- and like the text bubble of Ben Affleck is like, but you said I could be anything I wanted, and Christian Bale's like, yeah, but not fucking Batman, and it's like that's what, <laughs> like that was the general consensus when Ben Affleck was first cast as Batman, and I do remember Juan that. Christian Bale was offered the role, but he kind of wanted to do the trilogy, have it be what it was, stand on its own. So I do understand I'm not sitting here crying that Christian Bale isn't Ben Affleck. Well, that Christian Bale isn't Batman anymore. Just personally, I would have liked a solo movie. You could have said, like, this isn't, this has nothing to do with Christopher Nolan's universe. This is a completely new universe within the Superman universe that we're going with. No, I I don't disagree with you. I mean, hindsight, knowing that I'll never see it, it makes me it makes me like really sad that we didn't get a solo Ben Affleck movie, um, especially early on uh, when you were riding that momentum before you were kind of telling him like, hey, we're gonna shove as much Batman on you as we possibly can, and he was like, wait a second, Zach told me he was gonna kill me in like four movies. Like, what, what are you talking about? So I I personally would have loved to have seen that. Um, and I'm, I'm not even talking about selling it to the mainstream audience uh, that it's not even connected. I think they were thinking, not much we need to do in, in the solo world of Batman. You've already seen Batman done at least ten times since Adam West. So it's like not much else we really need to sell you on on the idea of a solo Batman movie. You're either going to like Batman or you're not going to like Batman. But 
if you're looking to, to drive a universe, there is nothing that sells better than Batman. So originally, it was supposed to be Man of Steel 2. It wasn't supposed to be BVS. Warner Brothers then was like, wait a minute. Why would we not involve Batman when the Nolan universe, or the Nolan trilogy, rather, made so much money? Let's continue to make a lot of money. So then it's like, nope, we're going to scrap that. Let's, let's put Batman in it. Wonder Woman is what caught me off guard. I'm just like, all right, well, hold on. Like, is all the Justice League <laughs> in this movie? This is seeming like a, a, a little too much. Um, no, because Green Lantern wasn't there. <laughs> Mike, listen. I'm, I'm Mike, still salty about it. No, no, Mike, no, 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 no. Ever better here. <laughs> I was going to say, Mike, I can't stress enough how frustrating it is that we could get Jaime Reyes before we get Hal Jordan. Like, that. Again, Jaime, I'm really excited to see, but not in a universe that doesn't have Hal Jordan established. Like, that really bothers me. And then it really bothered me, the idea of them wanting to go Tom Cruise. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on. No. no, no, no. Stop it. <laughs> no, I, I, you said Tom Cruise gets a lot of shit, but no. That ain't, that ain't, no. I, just let him keep doing Mission Impossible forever. I love that stuff. So I, I don't, I love no, Mission I don't need Impossible that. I love Impossible, too. I I don't want Tom Cruise's Green Lantern for the same reason I didn't want him as Iron Man. Tom Cruise is no. very Tom Cruise driven. Like he didn't even want to wear the mask a lot in that movie. And it's like all right, Tom Cruise is White Will Smith. White Will Smith. He plays the same character in every movie. <laughs> given he Fair does enough. well, I'm just saying he, but he that's does. How, he plays that's the same how character. I, but that's how I feel about Ben Affleck. He plays the same character oh, no, 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 in no, no, every no. fucking movie. Hey, 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 Tia, Tia, <laughs> you watch your mouth. You watch your mouth about. About the Lord Affleck, okay? Hey, you you, you were talking you, about the. You, you watch Triple Frontier, and you can't tell me that, like, he was just as bored playing that as he was playing Batman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he it looked like he thoroughly enjoyed being Batman in BVS. It wasn't until Justice League that I started to say. No, he's pretty bored playing Batman. He, I think he's done. I, I think he does not want to hear it anymore. Um, Triple Frontier does seem like a movie that Ben Affleck did strictly for the money. Like I hey, kind of feel like he, yeah. he probably has no relationship with any of the other cast members. And I'm not. I like the like, movie, but he seemed bored. He seemed completely he seemed so bored. bored. Like, all right, listen. I don't want to ruin it for the people that haven't seen the movie yet. So this, I, I don't need to throw a spoiler warning. But the end of that movie seemed like that was totally his his decision. Right? <laughs> he was like, just, right. like just put me out of my misery. Like, it seemed like as they were writing the movie, he walked in and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, can we do to this? Be continued. Yeah, yeah. He was like, to be continued. No, 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 no. Hey. I, I need Juwan, can, I, can I touch mark. on the uh, the thing where you're talking about how people still say that you should take your time? Everybody's saying yeah, take your time. Right. Do you not remember when it was – revealed that we were going to see uh the wayne thomas and martha being being uh killed in this movie that everyone freaked out do we really got to see this again so i don't understand do you guys want them to take their time and do origin stories for all these characters or do you not no that's the thing i don't need an origin story for batman we didn't need that again because no that would have been ridiculous i certainly that was the best didn't thing about spider-man that. is that they I didn't. didn't do it again right so but it's like i Again, it's just, I don't know where they would have gone. That's why I don't write movies, but uh, at least, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I would have preferred a solo Batman. He could have already been established. We didn't need an origin. We didn't need, you know, 
fucking Martha getting killed again or something like that, you know. I didn't need any of that, but I just think my personal opinion is I would have done with a solo movie before BBS. If you're gonna have Same here. a movie, if you're gonna have a movie with two of the big titans duking it out, and you already had one of the big titans have his own movie, then you give the other one its own freaking movie. Do you, you guys remember the rumor? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, do you guys remember the rumor leading up that it was a it was a strong rumor for a little bit, but it was quickly debunked that the reason it was taking so long to film the movie is because they were filming two movies, and the first one was going to be called Enter the Night, and it was going to be the Batman movie, and the second one was going to be Batman vs. Superman. I wanted that to be true because I felt the same way. It's like, look, they don't have to do an origin story of Batman, but give me a movie establishing him as Batman first. I'm cool with that. Yeah. And also, when I knew that Joker was going to be a Suicide Squad, I said, I don't want the first time I see Joker in this universe to be not with Batman. Yeah, I agree. it would have been awesome to see Jared Leto's Joker really go up against. You could have had a solo Batman movie and Jared Leto's Joker be the villain and then branch off to BBS and Suicide Squad. See? And you could have shown him punching his teeth out and showing why he's got that ridiculous grill in Suicide Squad. Well, hold on. That is where <laughs> I would disagree with you guys. That's where I would disagree. I do not even with this new Batman that we're inevitably going to get, I do not want Joker to be the main villain in no. any capacity within the first movie. I also don't want Penguin to be the bad guy in any capacity within the first movie. We've seen it. Same thing with Spider-Man. That's why everyone was like, ew, Vulture. I'm like, yes, a breath of fresh no, air. My, I don't need no, Norman Michael Osborn Keaton. every time. So no, to Michael me, Keaton I need it, man. For this Batman movie, and especially Riddler. if you're going to make them around 30, I'd honestly prefer for two stories to be the ones you either go with. Either Hush, because that was yes. around that age of, of Batman, around Hush the early 30s. Mm-hmm. Hush, or I want the Court of the Owl. I desperately want Court oh, of yeah. the Owl. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Heck yeah. So, to me, I don't want Penguin. I don't want Black Mask. I don't want Joker. I don't want anything that we've seen in any capacity in live action. So we're about to get Black Mask now. So that that counts. I want. Oh man, you know how badass a live action Talon would be. Oh my god, Talon would be so slick. Exactly. And do you know who I would get to play Talon? Well, depending. Ray Park, some martial artist, because he's going to be in a mask. (laughs) No, not a martial artist. I was actually going to go with this actor is who I wanted to either play Talon or um, Hush, and that's Michael C. Hall. That's why I kind of wanted Ben to still be Batman because Ben Dexter? versus Michael C. Hall. Would have, yes, from Dexter. Would have been awesome. Um, but I think Michael C. Hall could play Hush so perfectly. Oh, yeah. So perfectly. Um, but, yeah, that, that was my biggest issue about when they were talking, like, oh, we're going to do a solo Batman and his rogues gallery is going to be involved and Penguin. And I'm like, no, no to it all. I want it to be a heavily uh, detective-driven movie. Uh, and have Hush be the villain. Simple. So yeah, I want the same thing, but I want Riddler. Yeah. Uh, the only reason too. I don't want Riddler is because we've seen him before. No, we haven't. We have Jim Carrey playing the Joker as the Riddler. I want the real Riddler. I won't <laughs> want this. I don't want this carbon copy of the Joker. Both Two Face and Riddler in that movie both played the Joker. I don't need that. I want the real version of Riddler, and I think a detective movie would be the best way to do it. You Go ahead, I would like to I would like to see Riddler in there, and I would like to see, and this is just my fan cast, Bruce Langley from American Gods play the Riddler. But I was going to ask you, Juwan, 
you know, you were saying how, you know, in the Batman that you want a, a villain that we've never seen before. So what do you think with, you know, the whole casting of the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version, that we have, like, all these really obscure people that are going to be in it? <laughs> I'm, see, let me, let me tell you why I'm fine with that. And the, the guys are kind of somewhat yelling at me about this on the show. I never, like, when I first heard that they were doing a Suicide Squad movie, I immediately thought to myself, I don't want you to cast any names. Like, don't cast any big names. Only because the fun of reading the Suicide Squad was you never knew who was going to die. Anyone could die. They had a bomb in their head. And they're free. Like, they could try to run away and think, you know, and try to call Amanda Waller's bluff, and then she blows their head off. That is what always intrigues me about the Suicide Squad. Like, outside of Deathstroke, Deadshot, and Harley Quinn, anyone could die. So when you, when you begin to say you're bringing in polka dot or you're bringing in my left foot or my two front teeth, that's perfect because I can watch that with the believability of they could have their heads blown up by the end of this movie. That's, that's a great casting, point. If you're casting Reverse Flash, Captain Cold, uh, Deathstroke, Deadshot, Harley Quinn. That means you're getting big names for those characters because they have to exist in their own in their own solo franchise. So that means the movie probably ends with no one with no no one on that team dying. So to me, you win, uh, you win. That's a damn good point. You win. I I think you handicap yourself when you try to get those favorite characters of Suicide Squad because honestly, I don't want like I didn't like Captain Boomerang being brought into Suicide Squad. We hadn't had a Flash movie yet. That's why we're never going to have a Flash in, movie. When they tried to shoe in that, that bank scene, I'm just like, no, that was really cheap. That was you saying, like, oh, well, we want you to know, like, Flash and him know each other. So, like, you know, he's he exists in that world. No, no, just use someone else. Like, <laughs> come on now. It's the same way I thought it was cheap for Deadshot to have that interaction with Batman. No, you could have just saved that character for a way better uh, introduction in a Batman universe. So because they me, don't want to take their time. With, no, you just shut with, me. You just shut me up. That's that's a brilliant, brilliant explanation. I didn't even think about. I like it. I like it now with this being a bunch of characters that no one, except like the hardest of hardcore DC comics readers, have even heard of before. I like that because any one of them could die. Me, I, I like it. To me, if you're if you're trying to sell me on the idea of anyone's head to be blown up. That means you can't cast Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, Will Smith, mm. Denzel. Like, no, you can't cast heavy hitters and then have me believe Denzel signed on to, to have his head blown off. No, no. <laughs> well, so come on, Brad to... Pitt. Brad Pitt was in X Force, and how that didn't go over yeah. well. <laughs> X Force. You know, that's something that Danny joked enough, about with this with this squad was that maybe they enough, were going to do like X Force and just kill them off, and then you get the real team. <laughs> I thought that, that would have been hilarious, but. Funny enough, Brad Pitt, that was like a lip service to, to his friend that uh, directed it. Cause they, he did like um, stunt work for him in like in earlier movies. They were friends. So it was like a, a like friendship fun. kind of thing. So that's the only reason why that was believable. Him like, I popped in just to make the cameo and die. And like, that was it. That's the only reason that was believable. But that doesn't generally happen <laughs> in, in Hollywood. Ryan Reynolds was even saying how he didn't even really think it could happen, but wanted to try and reach out. Um, but yeah, with Suicide Squad, I need one thing I definitely need is interchangeable pieces. 
I don't know if you guys ever read the Suicide Squad comics. Oh, yeah. But the teams it's hardly are ever the same, the same team. Right, are never really the same. Again, the only constant is Deadshot. So everything else around him can change. That's what I want. I want, especially if James Gunn is going to do two or three of these. Yeah, if he's going to do two or three of these, I want the believability of knowing that the cast could change. Like, I want Bronze Tiger. I want uh, Black Spider. I want all these different characters um, throughout the Suicide Squad universe. I don't want whatever Suicide Squad 3 is to look exactly like Suicide Squad 2. That's what I don't want. I'm with you. And and unlike David Ayer, I mean, he's a great director. Don't get me wrong. But James Gunn, I believe that dude has read Suicide Squad comics. You don't have to convince me that he's read them. And he knows what he's doing. See, with David Ayer, David Ayer, I felt like, took a, the, the Christopher Nolan approach. Like, he might have read a comic, probably didn't. He's just kind of going off of, you know, the idea of these characters. I do know the into reading the comics. So I assume whoever wrote that movie was grabbing it from somewhere. My only issue was it seems like David Ayer had a different movie in mind. And then Warner Brothers came in, and then that's what we got. So the fact that you that Jared Leto said you filmed enough Joker scenes to do a Joker movie makes me think a lot hit the, the, the cutting room floor. And now the question is, whose fault was that? Was that Ayer's fault, or was that Warner Brothers' fault? That I think this is all studio. Because you watch those trailers, and by the way, I think this might fall in the category with me – kind of hinging off of last week's thing with that uh, The Last Jedi trailer where we were sold a movie that we didn't get because that Queen trailer for this was fantastic. Maybe one of the best trailers I've ever seen. I did not feel like that's the movie that we got with this. No, I I agree with you. I said that towards the beginning that it made it seem like Joker was was the big bad, especially that first trailer. It was Joker-centric. It seemed like... Yeah, he walks out and everyone backs up. Yeah, yeah. Right. It felt Mm -hmm. like it was going to take place in Arkham, it was going to be this escape Arkham kind of feel. And then you see the movie and you're kind of like, oh, that's not what I was promised. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what happened? Like, did you not see how we enjoyed the Joker in this trailer? Um, did you not see the response? Like, why Why would you give us a movie that has like five minutes? So is minutes? it true? Is that story true where the, the people that cut the trailers, ones that they do that do the final cut for the movie? That cut the trailer? Yeah, what I had heard was that the people that cut the trailer, because the reception for that second trailer was so positive that they went ahead and let the same team that cut the trailer do the final cut of the movie. I'm going to have to say I'm going to assume no, only because it was such a positive response. So why well, did And the thing was, it's because it wasn't like the movie. It was more like BBS from what I had heard. And they, right. after, the, after the knee jerk from the reaction of BBS, they felt like they needed to change the thing up. That's when you got the reshoot. That's when you got, oh, we're pouring $20 million in more into the movie because we love it so much. Yeah, but the weird thing about that was the overwhelming response was that people enjoyed what they were seeing from Joker, from Harley, from Deadshot. It seemed like they were going the route of Escape Arkham, and a lot of people liked that. And then when you were talking about you, you know, people had seen Ben Affleck on set and there could be a sighting of Batman – People were going nuts. People immediately assumed this was a direct adaptation of Assault on Arkham, the animated movie. That's what ev- – let me not that's say everyone because I don't yeah, know the yeah. world. But that's what a lot of people were thinking. A lot of people I was talking to, uh, I'll say, was thinking was that that's the route it was going. And then when the movie came out, it was just like, 
you guys really have like don't have your thumb on the pulse at all. That's why I love Kevin Feige and the idea that he's the head guy running things over there is because he's such a fan of, of Marvel and the comics. So he listens that we want. Like, to be honest with you, the biggest thing people wanted since, like, the, the first Avengers movie was the scroll. He, he, heard, he heard us. He heard that that's what we wanted. And through time, that's exactly what we got. He heard that we wanted, you know, Civil War. And through time, that's exactly what we got. So he does listen, and he tries to best implement our wants into these movies. Warner Brothers. Here's where I got that listens. from. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. No, go ahead. I was where I got. I looked up the tweet by David Ayer on September 22nd of 2018. He was talking about the differences between some of the stuff in the trailer and in the movie, and he's saying two different movies. Harley's arc was vastly simplified. It's fun to play gotcha, but remember, release film was very different from my original assembly. So yeah, it was taken that, out of his hands. That seems yeah. to be like the case with almost every single though Warner Brother movie because we say the same exact thing for like yep. Justice League. That it it's always out of the director's hands. Until yeah. I, or I until mean, until Wonder Woman, yes, that seemed to be the case with every one of them. And I completely believe it because I also remember David Ayer had tweeted out a photo of Black Mask. So a lot of people were like, wait, 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 Black Mass possibly in this? Excuse me. And then he Boy, deleted I'd love to it. See this. Forget the Snyder Cut. I'd rather see this. I'd rather see – I would rather see yeah. what this movie was supposed to be because people I know personally that went to screenings of it when it was cut that way said that this movie was going to be amazing, and I believed them. So when I went there, I was like, oh, these reviews are full of shit. They're just like Marvel fanboys or something because I was like, there's no way it's this bad. And I still don't think it was as bad as, you know, it was reviewed. But as we've talked about everything except Suicide Squad for about half of this episode, it goes to show <laughs> my original statement that the movie's just kind of forgettable. And I, I do want to bring up something that, that you said that I don't think gets said enough. I really don't care about the Snyder Cut, mainly because it no seems interest. like a lot of those characters might be changed. Like, it's, I just read the report that Ezra Miller is clashing with the directors over the script. He's, he's co-writing the Flash script, and he's kind of battling the directors on the direction that the two of them want to go on with the character. So the idea that Ezra could be out, the idea that Henry isn't back yet and Ben's out. Like, no, I don't want to see the Snyder Cut. So, oh, okay. So, okay, all right, you see the Snyder Cut, it was a better movie. Now what? Ben's gone, Henry's right. gone, Ezra's gone. It's not going like, to be it, canon. It it's matter. not going to be their canon, so what's the point? Right, it doesn't matter. So, to me, uh, seeing the, the Suicide Squad and what it should have been, to me, is a lot more exciting because Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie are still together. Um, the character of Deadshot is still together. If Viola Davis comes back, you still have the feel of Amanda Waller. Um, but the Suicide Squad is supposed to change. So, you know, if Will Smith not coming back, like, that doesn't change my interest in wanting to see what the original cut is. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. The Snyder Cut will never be important to me because that's not even what they're trying to do now in this universe. They're not trying but to do But that's people that are just – that's people that are like they – want, they, they want Zack Snyder over, over faithful DC movies. I mean, they're the same people well, that are upset because Shazam doesn't look like a, a Zack Snyder movie. Oh, yeah. Give me a fucking break. Mike, a lot of this this Snyder call, I truly believe, I think they think um, Zack Snyder created these characters. That's how attached (laughs) they are to Zack. 
And I'm kind of just like, no, sorry, guys. Like, he didn't create these characters. It's okay for a world to exist outside of what Zach created. Now, I do think a lot of people keep forgetting, like, Zach casted everybody. Like, everyone that people are really enjoying outside of Shazam, Zach had a hand in casting. Oh, I don't and think he's them, an idiot. I love Man of Steel. I, love, I think Watchmen right. is a freaking masterpiece. And I and I, lo- I like 300. I know that's kind of on the sword with everybody there, but I just didn't like BBS and Justice League. That's all. No, and, and that's completely fine. Like, I don't I don't fault anyone who, who didn't enjoy BBS. I was entertained. I was entertained. That's not what I was looking for heading into it, but I was thoroughly entertained. That was enough for me. Like, I could watch it again right now and still enjoy it. Um, but I'm not blind to its faults. And I think that's what this Snyder cult is. They're blind to any faults Zach had. Like, Zach, to me, is the guy that I want to handle all of my action scenes and my visuals. I never want Zach to ever be in the writing room. Like, ever. Like, I, he should be banned. Don't, don't walk into the writer's room. But if Zach told me, hey, man, I'm going to do your visuals and your, your, your choreography, perfect. Great guy to do it. Great guy to do it. But I no, any that guy that said that, that he's going to do is create a, a shared universe and kill off their biggest character in three movies, no. No, it's not for me, man. Don't, don't I don't need yeah. that kind of writing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah my, my point, and it, it was crazy because it's just like, dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zach. How dare you introduce possibly the most comic accurate Batman we've ever seen? And you're talking about you want to kill him? <laughs> what? Like it didn't make sense. It, it didn't. You made him fifty. Like just a lot of Zach. He, he wanted like, to make the Dark Knight Returns, not not a shared universe Batman. Yeah. Right. And the crazy thing is, BVS. I think I said this to you when we were doing the BVS um, breakdown, Mike. You could have done BVS almost. I identically to the way the Dark Knight Returns was. You could have had Superman, instead of being hated by the people, have him no, be loved great. by the people and that he works with the government and the president sends Superman to stop Batman. Instead of Lex Luthor yeah. having his hands in it, you could have it be the world against Batman. To which Ben Affleck's Batman, yes, ben Batman seemed more than willing to take on the entire government. That's how he was built. So, yes, I'm completely with you. Zach should never be in the writer's room or have any input in the writer's room. Can I ask Tia a question before we get out of here? Absolutely. Go ahead. Tia, have you watched the extended version of this movie? Of the Suicide Squad? Yeah. Yeah, the one they put out on Blu-ray. Does it put any actual Joker stuff back in here that I would want to see? They actually do put a few uh, Joker scenes back into it, which is so strange that they would have cut out um, the the Joker scenes. There are a few uh, scenes in the extended that kind of not. I don't want to say make it a completely different movie, but you're like, oh, why wasn't this included in the original theatrical, uh, you know, cut? I feel like if some of these scenes were in it, it would have. Because the whole point is kind of going back, I know that we don't have a huge amount of time, but going back to the whole people really disliking Jared Leto's performance of the Joker, well, you didn't see enough of him in the, you know, theatrical cut. He was in it for like two fucking seconds. But when you watch the extended version, there's, you know, quite a few scenes that he's in it and even has him interacting with like Harley Quinn before she like becomes quote unquote Harley Quinn. 
there were like kind of pivotal scenes that they really should have included in the actual theatrical release. And Juwan, what was your problem with the whole uh, the creation of Harley Quinn part in the uh, where he throws her in the the vat of chemicals? Isn't that the New 52, like, explanation? Well, first of all, let me stress this to you, and Joelle tells me how wrong I am. I hate the New 52, mainly because (laughs) I hate the look. If it Uh, isn't Jeff Johns, I agree. Um, But I'll I'll say it was weird. It was weird mainly because it it seemed like she was willing to take that leap of faith with him, and I would have loved that scene more if he – if you had shown Joker – before he himself had had the accident and they jumped in together um, would have just kind of made more sense to me. Um, But I guess they were playing off the infatuation of she was so in love with this man, she would do anything for him. I mean, they alluded to that with her bringing him the gun. Like when he asked for it, I I thought that was hilarious. Um, God, Jared Leto could have done so many great things as Joker. And and I, I did have a problem with her jumping into the vat just because I like the more traditional story of Harley Quinn becoming Harley Quinn. And it's just that she just becomes crazy because she's so in love with this guy. Right. The infatuation was her, was her disease. I prefer that as well. Yeah. 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 Well, missed opportunity. Hopefully we can kind of get some kind of remedy in um, birds of prey that looks like it's going balls to the wall with comic accuracy. So I mean, the fact that they're bringing in her hyenas excites me more than anything. Um, but Tia, Mike, we had another great show. We talked about Suicide Squad, talked about Marvel, <laughs> talked about the next Suicide Squad, um, BVS, world building, a lot. This was a mouthful of a show. Um, but I think we can all agree that we just want what's best for DC going. Um, so to anyone out there that still has a problem with Suicide Squad, no problem, no biggie. This was just to give you our thoughts on it, good or bad. Um, just, again, realize the difference between Warner Brothers and DC Universe. There is a difference. Um, James Gunn will we, save us all. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we, we will see you guys next Friday. We have no idea what the topic will be about, so bear with us, but we will see you next Friday. You guys will be hearing from Tia on Sunday for Top Ten. And you will be hearing from us with Geek Vibes Live this Sunday also. So much to talk about. Trailers, news, so much. So make sure you guys stay tuned for both. Thank you, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Peace. Same bat place, same bat channel. Oh, absolutely. I love that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.